0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Hot Takes, the story screen podcast where we see new movies. As new as we can and as fresh as we want. As fresh as the movie is, the movie comes out of the oven and it's still goopy and gooey and we're just like, ooh, this is spicy, spicy, this is a spicy movie, let's cool that movie down. But our opinions, you can't cool down, they're too hot. Hot Takes is a, is a podcast, it's a story screen podcast, uh, story screen, what's a story screen? Uh, it's a website. It's also a movie theater. We love movies at StoryScreen. Go to our website. Check out more stuff. Uh, but for now, we're talking about this movie. My, my name's uh, Yabor, which is Robbie backwards, um, which maybe gives you a hint of what we're about to talk about. I'm joined by uh, Bernadette. What's your backwards
1: name? I don't even think I've ever done this before. Uh, <laughs> Etanarab? Et- <laughs> I forgot a D in there. It's weird.
0: I knew. I'll have to spell your, it out. I knew yours would be fun. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean, you could just call me Nreb if we're saying burn backwards. That's true, that's
0: That's easier. So we got Nreb with us. Uh, Nreb Gorman White with us. Uh, we also have uh, the uh, the captain Mike Burge. Mike, what's your what's your backwards name?
2: yeah, <laughs> and
0: that's uh, and that's our, <laughs> our our fearless leader. <laughs> Uh, my courage, everybody.
2: It'd be pretty good if it's we here. just like put this whole thing in reverse.
0: We did in post, we just reversed the whole thing. No, no,
2: it should just be me. Only my track is reversed, and then we, you know, like we loop back. And uh, you know, I don't want to get too specific, mm-hmm. but you know, that,
0: that backward. I like the idea that only your talking parts are backwards, but me and Burns are forwards. Precisely. This episode is brought to you by Ready Coffee. Ready Coffee is a coffee, coffee spot on, on Route Nine. Uh yeah, so the movie we saw is is a ten- is Tenant, which backwards spells Tenant, the new Christopher Nolan movie about backwards action, forwards action, and protagonists. Uh yeah, so Tenant is um a big deal to Story Screen because uh at the time of this recording, we have been open for one full weekend. We have returned to the movie theater. We have gone back to the movies. As we uh so often like to say, and uh Tenet is kind of you know been a weird movie in, in in movie conversations because it's kind of been like uh uh christopher nolan was was not afraid to kill everyone to get them to see this movie he was he was going to give us all coronavirus to see it luckily so some people held off, and some people have seen it many months ago when it came out in, uh, I believe, early September. Some countries that handled their shit correctly got to enjoy Tenet and like and dislike it as much as they wanted to. So we're kind of new to the conversation, and a lot of people are going to start seeing Tenet, and uh, you know, this is the new Christopher Nolan joint. Uh, you know, regardless of how you feel about any of his movies, like they're always a big fucking deal. Regardless of how you feel about this movie, it's a big fucking deal. We will not spoil Tenet in this first half of Hot Takes, but... Let's get into the, the spicy meat of the episode. And uh, Bernadette. Yes. Or, or Nurb. 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 Uh, what is your hot take on Tenet? also known as Tenet?
1: <laughs> Um Watching it, I really enjoyed myself. It was just a fun ride. I think all of the different bits of action are a lot of fun. And I also really liked the concepts and the ideas they were getting at. Um so overall I really enjoyed it as like a ride. I will say once we got out, granted we watched it very late, so yes. people were sleepy. <laughs> one of our staff members fell asleep during the movie. Hilarious. <laughs>
0: um, she she doesn't love sci-fi. No. One. No. And this is as heady sci-fi as you're going to as you're going to get.
1: So I will say I thought about it all the way home, driving home and I was thinking about it before I went to bed. And then when I woke up, I will say, I feel like some of it was like lost, like a dream. You know, when you wake up from a dream and you're like, I'm going to remember all of it, and then you're trying to piece it together and you're like, wait, what? How did it get from point A to point B? Wait a second. And so today I've really been like thinking about, oh yeah, like how exactly did this movie move? And I do think I'm recalling a lot of it, but again, I really enjoyed it, but I do think it's like a perfect experience when you're in the movie watching it i don't know so much about like once you get out of the movie it's no prestige but i still really enjoyed prestige. it
0: yeah that kind of that synopsis or that feeling kind of reminds me of how i felt about uh uh us where i was just like this movie is really cool as i was watching it and then when i left the theater i was like i don't know if that movie actually makes any sense uh it doesn't Purge. Do- <laughs> hot take about us from Purge. Uh uh Ichim, how do you what's your hot take on Ten A? Um look, this is a movie that's got
2: like layers to it, both in how I am critically receiving it, as well as um its usual Nolan-isms Um, whereas there's like a bunch of stuff going on in the movie that is layered upon layered upon layered, like an onion. Um, my reaction to it is like, there, 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 there are, there are great things to this movie and there are, you know, fine things in this movie. And then there are bad things in this movie. Uh, and I think that, you know, taste as far as bad, good, great. These are relative terms, you know, but I think that there are obviously – I'm not breaking any barriers with that one – but I think that in Tenet there is – it's like a perfect example of kind of like the different things – that can be wrong with a Christopher Nolan movie and that can be great about a Christopher Nolan movie. And so it's kind of a little bit more of the same as far as my critical reaction to it. You know, Christopher Nolan is a director that I am usually excited about. um, But, you know, never really, the more I think about it, I'm kind of like, yeah, I guess so. Like when Dunkirk was coming out, I was like, cool, a Nolan movie. And before that, when, Interstellar was coming out. I was like, "All right, cool, a Nolan movie." Maybe it's just because they don't come out at the at the, like the 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 type of uh, speed that I think that they do like they actually don't come out that often that i kind of find myself maybe not really uh as excited for them but you know i am excited to watch a movie by a guy who is extremely intelligent and a very good filmmaker and gets to pretty much do whatever he wants in a blockbuster setting and get like a blockbuster style audience um so tenet a lot of fun exciting uh, I think there's some problems um with some of the mixing obviously we'll get to, and I think that mainly a lot of the problems are kind of at the root of the script and the story that 's trying to be that that they're trying to tell the story that is being told i don't think is a a fascinating story I think it's a fine story, but I think the actual root of everything going on and what it's trying to you know uh tell us uh I don't think is a very fascinating story from what I understand of it. I still very much am in a situation where I feel like I might be overestimating my abilities to understand what Tenet is doing while at the same time underestimating Tenet's own ability to do what it wants to do, you know? So I I I'm still working through it. But at the end of the day, fun. I had a lot of fun watching it.
0: I agree that it is fun. Um I left the theater very not hot on the movie uh la- loudly unhot about the movie. I did not like it very much. Uh I'm also glad we didn't record that night cuz I think it would have been a meanie. Um I think also watching this movie at the wee hours of the night does not do it any favors. Uh Now a few days removed, I still you know, I saw a picture of this like statue the other day where it's like this dude, this old dude whose head is fucking giant and it's like tilting like off his little body. And that kind of reminds me of like what Tenet kind of is to me where it's like the movie on this conceptual level is is kind of like one of the most like Nolan-y Nolan movies ever. It's like it's his obsession with time really kind of amped up to the next level while still trying to kind of do um, – you know, trying to kind of make... Uh, he's trying to do, like, a 007 spy movie. He's trying to do a spy movie. He's trying to do an espionage, espionage movie. This movie feels very much a a spiritual successor to Inception. Um, where Inception is just, like, let's do something very cerebral, but put it into the the genre box of a heist. This movie, I think, kind of, like, blasts the doors off a lot of genre conventions, but still has, like, some things to really latch onto to kind of, like, not get you as the audience member too lost. Um, the things about this movie that really bummed me out and even after watching a bunch of like trying to watch some YouTube stuff to 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 try and get myself more invested and maybe be like you know I did watch this movie really late at night you know maybe I can like watch some videos of some people really you know gassing it up and, and talking about the things they really like about it and seeing if that can maybe speak to me in some way because I do think that's, that's some of the things that really work about the movie is just like it's the things it does on a Cerebral level are really cool. though out, you know, the very hard to understand at times. Um, at the end of the day, the thing that doesn't really appeal to me, which like very much could be the point of the movie, that I maybe just don't understand. You know, I'm not so insecure in my cinephilism that I can't admit when I don't understand a movie. Um, but like, I don't think that this movie has a lot of humanity to it. It feels very hollow to me. Uh, a lot of the characters don't have a lot of character to them um they very much all seem to kind of serve purpose of archetypes or or otherwise um there are some really charming performances in it i think you know and also like i could just watch robert pattinson like eat a sandwich for like fucking three hours and i would just be like this is the best movie i've seen all year uh this is the best blockbuster movie i've seen all year that has salami on this sandwich that's amazing um, I would just watch that. So so that's kind of where I'm at with the movie. I'm excited to talk about it with everybody and I'm and, and you know, I don't think I'm gonna be that hot on the movie even by the end of this conversation. I'm very curious to talk to some people who do like it more than I do, and I and I wanna hear that perspective and and that's cool, and I'm not here to play devil's advocate about it either, you know? Like, I want to to listen, I want to hear why people dig it, and there's plenty of things I do dig about the movie that I'll probably save a lot for spoilers, because uh, the things about the movie that, you know, at the end of the day, really fucking pull me in, is that on a technical level, it's fucking bananas. <laughs> like, the things this movie does on a technical level is fucking crazy. Um I think an a interesting thought experiment to maybe jump into for the next part of this conversation um, is something I presented to Burge kind of at the end of the movie, which was a little bit more sassy than, than I think it would be intended now. But uh, what is Christopher Nolan's worst movie?
1: Hmm. Hmm. It's a tough one. Obviously, he's a
0: great director, right? Mm-hmm. Like, even his worst movie can't be all that bad, but you know. What's Well
2: and if I if I if I may real quick the what I found really interesting um or I, I guess I should point sorry I guess I should uh phrase it like this uh, I think that one of the most interesting the most interesting part of the question what is Christopher Nolan's worst movie like when you asked me it the other day I was thinking about it and I think an even more interesting side of that question is like what does it mean uh Like, what does that what what does that mean? Like, Christopher Nolan's worst movie. What does that mean? Like, because they're all good. Like, you know, I, I think that there is something to be said that Tenet might be one of his worst movies, but I think that it's still a very good movie. Like, all of his movies are at least good. You know, like his, and you could start looking back at like his, his earlier stuff that maybe doesn't have as big of a fan base, and like a pop culture like Stamp, you know, like Memento is one of his first movies, but everybody knows about Memento, and you know, like, so I'm talking about things like Following and Insomnia, which are both like fantastic films, like they are, they are really good, you know, Insomnia Insomnia can be a little bit more of kind of like a slow burn kind of procedural feel, but you know, he was still like, kind of like sharpening his teeth and getting some stuff done, there's still some very cool Nolan-isms in there, Um, even more fascinatingly so at at such an early phase in his career. Um, you know, but like, and that's like, you're looking at somebody who's got like 10 or 11 films and, you know, one of them happens to be one of the greatest movies of the 21st century, arguably the greatest one, just because of cultural reverence and all that I'm talking. I, I am speaking, of course, of The Dark Knight, um... And, you know, Inception has, like, one of the most recognizable movie scores of the past 20 years, even though it's not a franchise. You know, and this because this is the thing. This is the interesting thing about Nolan movies, is that they are both in marketing and concept and production, and surprisingly, even in reception, they are treated like franchise films, even though they have no real connection outside of the Batman movies obviously being connected to one another. Like, Nolan movies are released every two or three years and they're dropped like an Avengers movie. It's like he's got the team back together. He's doing it, you know? It that's that's a clout that is very hard to get. And the fact that he's gotten to that level and he has he most assuredly had that by the time Interstellar came out when it did. And so, you know, when Batman Begins came out in 2005 and then The Dark Knight in 2008, these were he, he was just Christopher Nolan. He was known to some, but now he's known by all. The name, you know, from Christopher Nolan, even if they're trying to be sneaky in the marketing and it's just a producing credit, like it says something and it's just like slapping a Marvel logo before something or even like to a, a weirder extent, like a Pixar logo, like people know what to expect when they go to these things. So when, you, when you're talking about what is the worst version of this thing that this very talented artist has on lock it kind of becomes more of like a subjective taste thing you know like i think that there's a lot of people out there that would say that the prestige is his worst movie when no not at all and i think we'll have a conversation that will kind of show a completely different side of that before we're done talking about this but that's that is an interesting question not only in what is what would everybody's you know, if you're going to start ordering these things from 1 to 10 or 1 to 11, something has to fall on 11. And obviously, the first five, you're going to pick the ones that you really like. Then you're going to start picking the ones like, I don't really have a problem with those. And you're going to end up with just a couple movies that are really good that just for some reason or another, like you're just not into them as much as everything else because even though his movies really do kind of um, – sp- uh, like, kind of focus in on the same kind of, like, general themes and aesthetics, uh, he very much does bounce all over genre. So it's very, you know, it, it it's kind of just like, what's your taste at? Where, where you going?
1: Yeah, I was going to say that I haven't seen Following or Insomnia, and I had forgotten about Insomnia. So I was going to say either of those films would probably be his worst, in my opinion, just because I haven't seen them. Because when I think of the movies that I've seen of his, I like them all. And even Dunkirk, which, as you were saying, Burge, is like very different from his other pieces of work. And I think Dunkirk is still a very good movie, but it just doesn't hit me in the same way as his other films. I'm looking for more of like the intrigue and like what crazy shenanigans is he going to get up to this time? And Dunkirk is very interesting, but it's a shame because I saw it not too long before I saw 1917, and 1917 just stuck with me so much more as a film. It was working on a level for me in a different way than Dunkirk was. But all of that being said, I still very much enjoy Dunkirk and I still can give it credit as a good movie. So yeah, it's hard to come up with like a worst movie, because they're all I think as as you were saying, they have threads that tie them together for sure. But I think they're all very different.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, the one of the common threads No, and not this is not this the case for all of his movies, but you know, Nolan is a man very much like um he's obsessed with time. I think a lot, I think he feels like a creator who maybe feels like he's running out of time or sees time as an adversary as very much, uh, seen in a movie like Dunkirk where, you know, time feels like the major enemy above anything else. Um, yeah, you know, and again, like the question is, the question that's what's his worst movie is not so is is what Burge just kind of saying before, where it's like it's more of the thought exercise, less about like the answer, because like I don't know, this would only be my opinion. I think his worst movie is probably like uh, Dark Knight Rises, but that's kind of more of like a Warner Brothers studio movie than it is like a Nolan movie. You know, there's there's a lot of hands in that pot, so like can't throw all that on him. You know what I mean? Um... But yeah, I mean, my favorite, and this is even a fun question too, because this is like, you can answer this a little bit more earnestly. My favorite Nolan movie is The Prestige. Because it's, The Prestige is very, it's very cerebral. It deals with like really like high-level concepts. It's also an allegory for screenwriting and filmmaking. And it has a lot of humanity to it. Like, you know, those characters um, feel very real, even though they are very larger than their life. And they're, they're magic. They do a magic stuff all the time. Um, and I like that. You know, I think, I think it's interesting to, to to see Tenet as like a step back, and I and I do kind of a, agree with that in some ways. It's it's kind of like, in some ways, it's a step back because it's like, oh, we we're you know, with Dunkirk, it's like, oh, he's really doing. We've never seen him do this before. It's very interesting, Tenet, It's like we've seen him kind of do this before. But it's at the same time very unhinged, so it's like it's kind of a weird evolution of like it's like let's see like Nolan become a a monster of his own creating. Let's see him like you know he's he's going for it in this movie, Um, and he's also trying to make something I think conventional at the same time. It's 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 like an interesting tug of war that I think he is in control of the entire time. Um, I really like the music in this movie too music in this movie is really cool. I don't think it's mixed very well, but <laughs> that's, that's the way it is. Um, what are your, your guys' favorite old movies before we you know, start to taper into spoiler town?
1: Oh, well, I agree with you. The Prestige is my favorite as well. The Prestige. And uh, if anything, it's interesting because that film heavily focuses, as you were saying, on, on the people. And I do feel like you get mm-hmm. the most screen time with the actual people in the film and it's nolan like not showing you the trick until the end of the film. So like the rest of his movies he's like very interested in showing you the tricks in his bag, but i feel like the prestige mm-hmm. is him being very restrained. And so maybe that's what's very appealing about it is because you do get like these very human characters because you're with them all the time.
0: It's yeah. very good. And it's and like you know it's this like very personal revenge story at the same time. And i and i like that, you know, it's very you know, in, in in some ways it's very obvious. It's like, yeah, the movie is the prestige. It says it's trick for the end. But like that's I never really thought about it in the context of um him being restrained restraining himself a little bit. And it really lets the the mystery and the twist of the movie have a lot of like weight to it. Right. Because uh that's a hard one to see coming. I know a lot of people are really smart and smarter than me and they can see a lot of things coming. That's a hard one to see. It's like, oh he made a cloning machine. <laughs> it's like spoilers for the prestige. <laughs> he makes <laughs> he makes a cloning machine. It's like you did what? In this movie that takes place in this time? He did this? David Bowie? <laughs> uh, Birge, what's your if if you had to, you know, I have a gun, you, I have a inverted bullet to your head. So you've already oh, been you've already yeah, been great.
1: shot.
0: So you might as well just was, tell me what you're thinking. F- yeah, and
2: you can't you can't uh yeah, you know, you can't heal you can't those. Heal, no,
0: you You can't. I guess you can't. That's a rule. We'll talk about it. This is this is a spoiler for inverted yeah. bullets. Uh, what's your um, what's your favorite? Nolan movie.
2: It's a exact tie between the two movies that I consider to be the best versions of the two things that uh, Nolan is uh, most known for as a director. He's known for like high concept, intelligent um, storytelling, and uh, you know, visual uh, experience extravaganzas. So it's a tie between the Prestige. For intelligence and Dunkirk for experience. I've watched Dunkirk five times. That movie is fucking insane. It is one of the best movies just ever made. It is...
0: I love Dunkirk. Don't get me wrong.
2: It's insane. Uh, every time I watch it, I'm like, it will not be as good <laughs> this time. And you're just like, this movie fucking bops. It just keeps going and just keeps getting better. It's it's a much more subtle kind of thing of what he was exploring with inception and interstellar about time. And he uses, he uses it structurally and intelligently. And then again, he just in Tenet, He's just like, yeah, but what if time was used like for car chases? And I'm like, okay, I do that fuck, sounds I do cool fuck too. But like, <laughs> I do fuck yeah. with that as well. But also like, I was really more interested in you're like, what if time more like a construct and like an ethereal, eternal, enemy to all wars regardless of who we're fighting to which there is no escape and you're like interesting that is very cool I like that and he's like yeah but then you can shoot bullets backwards (laughs) through people I'm like that is also very cool but are you the same person that that was just talking about like ethereal energies and like uh, you know just just otherworldly concepts of what time means to us I I really Uh, I
0: respect his, his blockbuster flair you know 'cause like despite like him getting like Warner Brothers being like you make you'll make an action movie today, you fucking idiot he's like, all right, but it's gonna be there, It's is gonna be for, for the smart people, and they're like that is good, we want that, and then you know the smart the man babies are just like, yay, he's our favorite and I, director. I think that that's like a good conversation
2: to have he's it, it's it's cool, kind man. of like a cool director there is uh, there is something about I do not care that like zero caring zero percent care meter of what uh a what a an artist and a creator director screenwriter actor anything brings to a movie based on their past uh work like you can you can go christopher nolan is a smart director and he creates intelligent films henceforth this film that we are about to watch shall be intelligent I really don't care about their intention cuz they can do whatever they want in creating something. What I do care about though, uh kind of wrongly, but uh it's something that I'll have to get over and it's not happening anytime soon, is I don't like the uh, Inception is just such a like an intelligent film like you really need to think about it. Or like Tenet or like you know Interstellar it's like uh, it's you know it's it's just so complex. It's hard to sound and, and you just, and it's just so, there's so much there that's like just, you know, it just, it, it's like, I'm not really a big fan of that. Like, you can talk about the movie like that. I more don't like the, like the, the um,
0: conversation around it. Putting
2: it up on a yeah. pedestal as if it's like this, this amazing achievement in intelligence in film. Like treating, and it, it comes across as like treating all all other movies like they're stupid. Mm. Like movies don't always have something to say. They don't always have themes underneath uh the, the actions that are happening, you know, that or metaphors and symbolisms and stuff like stories in general are just filled with these things. Storytelling, in its very essence, is an intelligent art form. You are you are taking things and examples and messages and tropes and characters and putting them together to express a theme and an idea. That's where the most intelligent part of storytelling comes from. It's not from complexities and how things are executed those can be intelligently made but i don't think that those are the most i don't think that those are the most impressive and while tenet is inarguably a very complex movie i think that there is a i think that there is a difference between complexity and intelligence in execution i think being intelligent helps you understand complex things But I don't necessarily think that you need to be intelligent to create complex things because you can take as long as you want to create complex things. It could take you 20 years to do something that it could take the other person a week to do. Does that mean that that person's more intelligent than you? Perhaps. But you guys both made the same thing. You know, so... That's kind of the thing where it gets where Inception is not really that complex. There's a lot going on and the movie's very good at teaching you the stakes and the rules through very easy to understand exposition, character dialogue, visuals, moments, editing choices. And I think that the biggest problem with Tenet is that it does not have those things firmly in place to guide you along. And I think that that is one of the things that is purposeful. I think it's meant to be mysterious. Um but I think it goes on too long and I think that that is just kind of for me, not how I want to take in a movie whether it's a mystery, a spy movie, an action movie, a high concept film and especially a Christopher Nolan movie. Cuz I'm going into a Nolan movie going, "I'm ready. I'm open." I'm patient. Give it to me. I want to understand this. You have me at the most patient and understanding I can be. And 45 minutes into this, I'm like, why are they all just talking to each other about everything? show me something! And I'm never like that with movies where I'm just like, show me the boom boom! I need something to wake me up! And again, I think it was because we're watching this movie at I'm like 1130 at sense night. Sense for sure. So for sure. I get that. I totally get that. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm interested in getting into the specifics <laughs> and stuff like that. But I I think at the end of the day, the, the, the Nolan conversation of oh, he's so intelligent, oh he's so complex, I don't think that it paints a... Um, the The point, so sorry, that I was trying to make is I don't think that it it paints a pretentious picture of Christopher Nolan. I think it paints a pretentious picture of his audience, his main fan base, the Nolan boys yeah. or whatever. I I don't think that Christopher Nolan is a very pretentious man. I think that he is an artist who wants to do things his way. He's been lucky enough and successful enough to be able to do that. He has a team around him that he likes to use, so all of his movies kind of feel one and the same. And that is... That is what's the most interesting about Nolan, uh, which is a lot like Spielberg, which is he has a team around him. He can kind of do whatever he wants and get as much money to do whatever he wants. And his movies are almost guaranteed to be a success because it's just got his name on it. So, And I think that that can go to your head. So I do not think that the conversation around Tenet, which is, oh, Nolan's just gone too far now. It's like, no, I think he's just... He's growing and he's kind of like, well I already did that with Inception, I want to do more. Well, now I did that with Interstellar, but I want to do more. And that's cool, but I liked it when he kind of stepped back with Dunkirk like we were talking about. And he can go back and forth and side to side, but I think that I think that he's he's just really good at being able to balance these very intelligent high concept ideas With also just popular blockbuster fanfare.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I don't read, for a person who writes movie reviews and does these podcasts, I don't read a lot of reviews or analysis of people's work, especially if I like the work, because then I don't really need to read the reviews talking about possibly why they don't like the work. Not that I don't think different opinions are important. It's just not something I spend my free time doing. So I don't really know the general response to Christopher Nolan, but I'm gathering it from what you were just talking about. And it's a shame because I do think his movies are fairly simple most of the time. He just has the intelligence to back it up. So if someone picks apart like a, oh, well, how could like this be this? He was like, oh, well, like I did show you in this one scene, kind of like in an exposition type style thing I revealed to you like, There is science to back this up, but I think at the heart of it, as a plot, I think his films usually move pretty simply and they're easy to follow. And it's when people start to fixate on, like, one thing that it kind of starts to fall apart sometimes. But I think his films too frequently aren't taken in as, like, a whole photo or a whole portrait. People like to focus in on, like, little aspects of it when really it's meant to just be enjoyed as a whole.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I, you know, I think the the temperature overall and you know the thing about the the conversation around Tenet <clears throat> is that it's it's unique to a lot of other blockbuster movies in in the before times uh where the conversation's still kind of ongoing because there's still a lot of people who really want to see this movie who are really only just now getting to see it. But I do think the temperature on it for the most part is like you know, if you if you go into the n- the numerical sense, like the the Metacritic sense, I think it's like in the sevens range. It's pretty divisive as far as Nolan movies go. Um, I think the diehard fans who are very patient with Nolan and really like The Inceptions are are giving it a little bit more attention, and I think the the people who uh, may not have the uh, patience for this movie, like myself, are are skewed a little bit more negative. Um, all right. It's time we, we get into spoilies. We got to talk about the thing. We got to talk about who dies um, or who comes back from the dead in reverse time. I don't know. Maybe that happens. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. I'm going to go watch it right now. I'll be right back. Uh, do you guys recommend seeing Tenet? Um, you guys recommend seeing Tenant?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I look forward to watching it again. I'm glad that Heath didn't watch it with us because you can watch it? next week I'm going to go watch it again. Yeah. I'm excited for it.
2: Let me, let me know what time you go. I'd like
0: to go see it again, as long as you'll have me.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'm sure we can work that out.
0: Bird, yeah. you recommend seeing uh, Tenet?
1: Yeah. Of yeah, course. Why not?
0: It's a... Back back to back the movies! To the movies. Uh, it's got John David
2: Washington in it, who's like a fucking snack. It's got Robert Pattinson in it, who's like... A snack. You know, could be... Could, could be my future boyfriend. I don't know. I could change tastes... He could change tastes. We could bump into each other. I could pretend like a,
0: oh, who are you? Uh, whoa, you look Robert, a lot like Robert Pattinson. Twilight never heard
2: of it. Oh, and he'll think I'm so down to earth and we'll like the same type of roasting coffee bean. We're both medium boys. You know, we could connect on things like that. Who fucking knows? I don't know. He's great. You know, Elizabeth Debicki is so fucking tall. <laughs>
1: She's so tall.
0: She's so she's so tall. Fucking.
2: She's a
1: giraffe. Tall. I didn't know a giraffe it, was in this movie.
0: She is giraffe.
1: It's like
2: it works when she's in things where she's playing like a golden godlike alien, but when she's just like talking to John David Washington, or, you're just
0: like, yo, who the fuck is we're married this? to like the shortest slub?
2: <laughs> There's a moment in the movie that I won't be too specific where like she has to sneak, Impossible. and I'm like. Girl, you are not sneaking around anything. Like you, you are the size of like, of like a semi truck. Like you are just like, how are you like, like, she's like, she's like the size and shape of like, you know, and zero disrespect. This is a compliment. She's like the size and shape of the aliens from signs. You know, when they're trying to hide in the, in like the tall wheatgrass, but they're just too big. You can see the top of their heads.
1: Yeah. She reminds me of like the aliens from Star Wars. That Obi Wan goes oh, to the, hang out the, with for a little Kaminoans, bit. The Kaminoans, the cloners. Yes, yes, yes. It's the cloners. Speaking of
0: cloners, um, yeah.
2: Uh, also, she too, is. real quick, should just say, and we can get into this more specifically. <laughs> Elizabeth Debicki, fantastic fucking actor.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let us, let
2: us. You know, we're, we're making we're making fun of her ghoulishly tall <laughs> nature, but like she is a phenomenal actor, and it's this is like another reason. John David Washington and Elizabeth Debicki being able to get parts like this in a Nolan movie, fuck yes, because that jettisons you. Robert Pattinson is just kind of showing up to play, you know, and he's yeah. just kind of like, I put highlights in my hair.
0: I'm in Mumbai. I'm in Mumbai. <laughs> we're all I'm just jealous of, our, we're all short people in this, on this yes. podcast. So we're just, we're just very, we're going give us a smidge of hype, please. Please miss a smidge of height. Thank you. I'm in Mumbai. I'm in Mumbai. I'm I, Mumbai. Like
2: I like talking like this. Yeah. Well,
0: he probably likes it too. Hollywood forced me to,
2: to date a lesbian. <laughs>
0: to what they uh, did. I. What I they did. Is, there is no one here it's arguing with you. Um, it's what they did. <laughs> uh, we'll be right back to talk about um, the entire movie, start to finish, for the next three hours of this podcast. We will... See you soon. Yeah, can can the spoilers just be like 10 minutes, like, real quick? <laughs> so,
2: yeah, uh, we're going to get into it. If I, if I may, real quick, before we oh cut to the God. break, we're going to... No, 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 and this is actually, like, um, this is uh, responsible housekeeping, because I'm mm. going to put this in the description for when we post it, but just in case people are listening and they want to stop bef- and see the movie before they listen on, us covering tenant, and it, you guys can stop me if you don't agree. Us covering tenant is not an endorsement for you to go out and see tenant if you do not feel safe. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, we work and run a movie theater, so we were able to create the best conditions for all of us to be able to go see it. We're trying to do that for as many people in our community. However, this podcast will still be here months from now if that is when you end up going to see it. Trust me, the movie's really good. You can wait to see it. It is not... It's going to be hard for anyone to spoil this movie because all of the spoilers uh, also uh, take about 30 minutes of watching other parts of the movie to really understand.
0: You only understand if I say it backwards anyway.
2: Exactly, yes. So so I just wanted to put this up front too in case you're listening and you didn't read the description. You know, we just don't want to make it seem like we are trying to push people to go see a movie, whether it's at our theater or somewhere else, to be able to take in our product. We want everyone to be responsible and we want to be responsible about this as well. When you feel safe enough to go out to go see a movie, go see Tenet and then you can come back and listen to this or just listen to it right now because you're kind of like maybe maybe we'll just go minute for minute. And we'll and we'll just go over the we'll whole thing, and you there. can pretend in your head it'll be Tenant storytelling time.
0: Well, well but I, I just thought it'd be a good thing to yeah. get that. Yeah, Tenant's coming to Blu-ray also in a few months, so if you really need to, right. <laughs> that's fine. It's coming to Blu-ray in December. It's coming to Blu-ray in December. So like, don't worry, don't fucking worry about it. I guess, um, but yeah, we of course, you know, times are weird. Do things at your own pace. Don't you know. We're, we're not i'm not going to make unlike unlike daddy christopher nolan i'm not going to force you into the hey into it wasn't him. it wasn't it's him. Not, not, and it it, was and Warner i also want to i also want to echo the uh, i don't think christopher nolan is pretentious i think uh his his go- i think four chans pretentious uh we're going to be right back with spoilies um oh, oh. one more, one more thing one, one, no one more no thing. no you more save thing. it One more thing? You save it for next. And we're back with spoilies for Tenant. Or, as they say it backwards, Tenant. I think an interesting jumping off point is to talk about this movie's characters. But I want to frame it in this way and, uh, and use it as a springboard. Burge, you mentioned before that uh, there's a similar thing between Dunkirk and this movie, and it's that there's kind of like the absence of character in a lot of ways. But in Dunkirk, this really works very well. Um, can you expound on maybe the pros and cons of this this kind of like style that Nolan is doing between these two movies, character specifically? Sure.
2: There there's a uh there just like a lot of like the the perception of pretension that I don't agree with that gets lobbed at Nolan, there's a couple things that people say are always in his movies that uh are not true. Uh they're they're at the forefront and the biggest problems of some of his big movies. But like, you know, people always like the the dead wife thing is true. <laughs> and that's weird And he should talk about it. They
0: really try to kill Um, this wife, too, but... They they try try very hard. hard. They have to Uh, reverse her. And it's...
2: One of the things is, like, they always say, like, uh, that uh, he's very... He always makes very, like, kind of emotionless characters. And characters who don't seem real and they seem hollow. I don't think that that's true. I think it's true of something like Inception and Interstellar, um, where part of the entire point of a lot of these things is mystery and... Um, revelation, and also just like uh, soulless dead people on the inside trying to grapple with high concept ideas. Uh, some of these are purposeful and some of these are not. Uh, in Dunkirk, the in, in, the entire point of it is that everyone is kind of just a blank slate for us to project our ideas on, especially um, the main character. We are just supposed to be following with them. That's why you have someone like Tom Hardy playing the the pilot that's why you have someone like Kenneth Branagh playing the captain you have these kind of recognizable faces and the one kind of unknown character is our are the most surrogate like main character and so like you're able to just kind of get through with these big waving motions of like character moments and story the story and the plot and the excitement are more important than the character journey but even then, we get a character journey. We get a very solid character journey. We get a very good first frame of our character, last frame of our character that ends with uh, one of the best endings of any war movie ever, in my opinion. Um, in Tenet, these characters are underdeveloped on the writing at the writing stage. This is my opinion. And sometimes you can only – an opinion can only be pushed so far by following the rules and going, but look, all they had to do was this. And then you can go, well, they didn't do this because of that. And it's like, well, okay, then why did they do that? And if that is the case, then why did they also not do that over here? And it becomes kind of a thing – I was talking about my friend who also watched Tenet. And it just becomes kind of a thing where it's this – it's this runaround to try and um defend, not even like in like a defensive way, just but to be able to try and articulate why certain things are going on when you know fifty percent of the movie is so high concept and executed so well and just visually stunning and cut together great, you know, even if the sound mixing's a little weird. But then on the other side, for the story script side, you're just kind of like, "What's going on here?" As far as like the development, the the developmental arc and structure of these of the characters' journeys of like you know the four or five main characters and what they're doing, you know the movie breaks one of the biggest rules ever, which is they they introduce an entirely new character who is a main character over halfway through the movie. Now, is this a bad rule to break? No, people do it all the time, and it's very exciting. However. I get why they're doing it in this movie, so that makes sense. But some of the earlier stuff, such as why characters are doing certain things and who these characters are supposed to be to us when we first meet them, even if we don't know anything about them, that's kind of the thing where things are getting lost. There's a difference between not explaining anything about anybody and presenting characters to you in a mysterious way so that you can start learning things that change your opinion on them. And I think deep down, that's my biggest issue with Tenet, is that if I cared about the characters a little bit more, I think I would have been a little bit more open to um being involved in the stakes a bit more.
1: Do you mind if I go next, I, I'm Robbie?
0: Waiting with bated breath. Yes. You're waiting. <laughs>
1: okay. Please. So so after watching this film, um, I was thinking a lot about watches because Heath, my husband, is very into watches. He has a large collection of them. Some are self-winding, some he has to wind. He he likes watches. And so to me watching this movie, um, seeing the lead character played by John David Washington, his name is the protagonist and he says it a million uh, times the in the movie and it's ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, I just thought like, there has to be a reason he's saying that like there has to be and so I kind of thought to myself I was like I wonder if it's like a type of gear or a cog in a watch so I started doing the research on watches and it turns out that the protagonist is a very popular watch by a company called Ingersoll and then there's a cat watch oh and then there's a St. Ives watch and so the only watch that I couldn't find was a Neil watch which is the uh Pattinson character the Robert Pattinson character and again there's an Andre watch but I think it was like designed by an Andre so I don't think that really counts but I'm not saying I don't like it when movies when you have to do like extra research to justify why characters are a certain way in a film so I understand that too like well you shouldn't have to look all this information up to kind of get this better understanding but for me watching the film as it's taking place and knowing like a stupid amount of about watches that I shouldn't know (laughs) because it's not stuff that I looked up personally but like understanding how watches mechanics work within it and how when it's winding some parts do go past other parts before they catch and can move the minute hand and so I found it really fun to watch the movie and not really care that the characters weren't that well developed because a lot of the time especially the protagonist was saying like oh, it was you all along, or like, oh, like, he's finding out that his life, what he thought he had agency in, it seems like somewhat he didn't have agency because this other version of him that he hadn't lived yet was also influencing his current state. And so I thought it was interesting that these pieces were all like moving around each other like a timepiece, like a watch. And then he was just experiencing it like the minute hand. Like, well, I'm not going to know that all of these things are working in my life to move it. But then it moves and he realizes like, oh, all of these steps had to take place. And so I found it interesting to watch. And I d- I didn't really care that the characters were kind of blank. I actually didn't like it when they tried to make the characters seem more complex. Because that was like at war with each other. Especially the cat character. It was like every time they tried to like move her character forward with like a little bit more complexity. I'm like, no, cause she's going to move past the other characters who don't have anything going on (laughs) and they all have to kind of be at this like even playing field. But when you're looking at like the face of a watch and you're seeing the time change, you're not like actively paying attention to what's going on inside the watch. And so I kind of liked the idea of like these very important people who are stopping this world event from happening No one really knows who they are because they can't connect with anyone because the way they've been trained in the certain fields that they're in, they've been kind of trained to not have a personality because they are there for a function and function only. And that's kind of how Nolan treats them in his script, too. Like these characters have a function, but their individual personality traits aren't as important and so i liked it for that reason but also i was in a very specific headspace when i was watching it and i don't know if that just influenced me it's weird to like even think of having an experience that i didn't have so it worked for me but i totally understand that the characters are kind of bland and andre's lines are ridiculous they are
0: they're uh, cartoonishly devilish at times (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, that's all very... I did not know any of that stuff about the watches. That's all very cool. And in some of the videos that I I did watch, kind of echoes that sentiment that you mentioned of, like, you know, not having the desire to, like, have to do so much, like, extra research to to enjoy a movie, posthumously, especially. Because, like, a lot of these videos I'm watching, they're just, like, um, all the locations they go to are the things on this tablet that that they found in Pompeii after, like, the volcano exploded and all this stuff. And it's, like... Yeah, that is cool. There is no evidence of that. Like, that is that is cool and I believe in the movie on purpose. But you have to go on Wikipedia to find that to, like, you know, or I I don't know. Like, and, and you know, me personally, like, there are times, like, when I watch biopics or things like that that I do like going down, like, the information rabbit hole to kind of, like, fill in some gaps or, or to make certain things more interesting. And, and that's, that always vibes with me. Well, in fiction, that's kind of like harder, especially when you're trying to do something that's just really cerebral, but like, you're not, one of the things that tenant is, will relate back to it. One of the things that I think tenant does super well is that it will explain a concept. That's just like, there's just no fucking way I'm going to understand this, but then it explains it to you in an action sequence. So they kind of give you like the notes and then they give you like the practical example of like how it works. You know, it's like, oh, there's this thing, there's all this time stuff, there's this inverter, uh, you can move forward backwards in time. You're just like, I don't fucking even understand how that works. And then they have the art museum scene where they're fighting people in reverse and things like that. And you're just like, oh, so that's what they're talking about in the other scene. This kind of like actually makes sense practically, you know? In a practical way. Uh and I always like, and I like that. Um, and then like on like the character things like on like on the characters and like why they may feel like I don't know if underdeveloped is the right word I think they are developed to Nolan's standard for what they need to be um and I think the idea is like you know when I think in a lot of like movies that have characters who like um are protagonists and they deal with the weight of the world they have to kind of be emotionalist sometimes for like the audiences to really like step into that character and like wear wear them on themselves project themselves onto that character and i think like having this like ex cia character that gets adopted into a secret society that has co words and stuff like it makes sense to make him like not be that much of a character but i just you know it's hard in this movie because i just kept waiting for more of the development to happen and then i also think there's this tug of war like you know with the character like cat where like she's kind of like the to me the only character that has like uh, an easily understandable arc, you know, and like character development and things happening to her. Um, and, and yeah, but then like, you know, it, it gets like, it's like, so is she the main character of this movie? Like, is, who is the main character of this movie? You know, and like, it's those things that are distracting and maybe it's because like, it's pushing so against genre conventions that me as a, as a pea brain cannot just like fully understand its language in some ways, which is like totally fine. Um, and, Bernard, I'm curious, is, is there a watch called, like, a Maximilian watch or a Max watch or something like that?
1: Ooh, i not Because sure. there, there are some
0: theories on the internet, and Birch uh, Bur- texted me this last night, that uh, Robin Pattinson's character may be uh, their son, Max, Kat and um, Andre's son, Max, because Max is short for Maximilian, and the end of Maximilian, uh, inverted, is Neil. If you take oh, that, shut the, shut that's the true. Fuck it's, up. It
2: is shut true. Shut the fuck up! No, look it up, man. That's the well, dumbest. No, hold on. That's the Neil. dumbest fucking thing <laughs> i Wait, is that even how you spell Maximilian? I'm pretty sure Ma-
1: Maximilian is L I. Yeah, that's not even how you spell that name.
2: Who and the fuck that's that's did you read I'll that? I'll send you the Robbie, video. I will send Whatever you the video. site you read that on, do not go back to that site ever again. That is in... Look, Neil possibly being Max? Yes. Of course. I think it's there. I think it's very much there in the text, the hair color, the length, the fact that he never interacts with cat. Yes. I do believe that that is at least insinuated. to To, to suggest... Hey. What is it again? It's it's his Max full name is Maximilian, which he is not referred to no, as referred in the to movie. As
0: yes,
1: but it could be shortened sure, yeah. for Maximilian. Sure.
0: <laughs> also, you're saying and Maximilian like million? I don't think that's how the I don't think that's Maximilian the name. I don't think the the end of it is million million. Million
2: is spelt with an O. The name is spelt with an A.
0: Okay. So it's not Montana,
2: an, it's not Max, Montana Max from Tiny Toons. I know from watching that. Uh, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, if even, you would have been uh, Nail, that would have been great
2: Even if it was spelt with an E though like, So he's like, hmm, I'm gonna need a new name uh, I guess I'll uh, I guess I'll take The last four letters of my name And because I'm in the inverting business I'll invert them as well Boy oh boy, I should be a screenwriter This is like a pretty cool idea That is insane And I, I bow praise i want to start a new religion around the person that came <laughs> I'll, up with that. Uh, i'll send you the video <laughs> that's some wild fucking shit man
1: there is a Maximilian watch though but there's also hey. a maxwell watch oh, well, there you go as well which his name could be short for maxwell yeah. um that's very funny
0: yeah so i think i think kind of the temperature with all of us it's just like characters not that good but purposeful is that yeah. eh? I, I don't think it's I don't think it's entirely purposeful.
2: I think it's purposeful to an extent, but I yeah. think it goes beyond that extent where it becomes Falls a little flat. This was a bad idea. It's um, an interesting I
0: experiment, think, but it's just like yeah, I don't know. If just it works. by the very nature
2: yeah. of the main character being called the protagonist. Okay, I get it. We are going for mystery. I get it. But there is a difference between being vague for the nature of intrigue and just not giving me anything to latch on It's goofy Besides, Besides actor charm. You know, like Robert Pattinson, I don't know anything. Yeah, Robert Pattinson, I don't know anything about him, but it's Robert Pattinson. I like the way your boy looks and he's like using his hands. He's wearing Johnny Depp scarves. He's doing some stuff. He knows things. I'm like, okay, great. Cool. But like, like we had this very brief talk about Elizabeth Debicki's character, which is... She's just completely rooted by an A1 um, character trait, which is, I care about my son. I will do anything for my son. Everything I do is for my son. And it's like, all right, great. So this is going to create some issues, right? No, it is always the same thing. I care about my son. I will do whatever it takes to protect him. It's like, oh, okay, great. So eventually the son's going to be put in, in, in danger. And it will up the stakes. no, it's the same thing. I just want to get to him. I want to be rid of my husband so that I can take care of him. I am in the exact same position as I was when you first met me, and I haven't really changed that much. I'm just that's it and that and I think that that's everybody, not to just pick on her character. I think that John David Washington's character is the exact is is the exact same character in that car in the final shot that he was when he was in that car, in the first shot, going into the opera. I get the I get the inverted reflection of that, that now he has changed. I just don't know how he has changed as a character. I get that he's changed because he's learned things and now he's on a new journey. But I don't understand what lessons he learned. And I think that that is... And we can talk about this too, maybe separate from this. But the most interesting thing about the movie is trying to figure out the theme. And that, that if all of these things were done on purpose... The inverted fun visual experience stuff the uh the lack of character defining traits and also character arcs in the film um to a certain degree with each one it what are they doing together to to express as the movie's theme as the point of it all, and I think it kind of is something that Bernadette talked about, which is I think that the whole movie is about agency, and I think that the whole movie is about all of these different characters interpretations of what they see to be their control over their own lives or their control over the things around them straight from
1: yeah reality or fate
2: reality fate uh just even like you know death and life you know our villain it has a very very simple and easy to communicate thing going on he's got cancer he doesn't like that he's going to die, so he's going to fucking take everybody else down with him because he's a spiteful motherfucker. And like that is that is a good villain to have. Our hero, our protagonist, should be the opposite of that. Someone who is willing to give their own life to save everyone else. We are given exact word-for-word examples of that in the text at the beginning of the movie. However, I don't get that from John David Washington's character unless they are outwardly, like he's just saying it to, to people where he's just like, yes, I will sacrifice myself for you. Yeah, and it's like, hard to know I'm what like, his okay.
0: like, morals or philosophy is. I, 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 I think just so, need like,
2: one little thing yeah. from him from before the movie to really grab onto. And, and again, that could be my issue True. is that I need something to just try and just try and grab onto to build everything else the movie's telling me about them. And it's just sometimes that's missing.
0: I, th- I think the movie's a lot about, like, faith. Like, kind of faith and, like, you know, you gotta, like... Uh, trust your gut and let kind of things fall into place a lot. And, like, you know, despite all of these... T- and this goes into both your points. But, like, you know, the, you know this... Uh, despite all this time and manipulation and going forwards and backwards to change all these things. It's all, like, preordained in some sense. As you learn by the end when Robert Pattinson's, like... he He's trying to walk away from the protagonist and they keep talking he's like wait so this happened all the time he's like yeah i gotta go i have this um this thing so i need to leave also is robert pattinson's character technically dead by the end of the movie because he's the one who gets shot in the cave yeah mm-hmm. so he's technically like he's like he has an end point he's like oh i died there that's
2: he's walking away and knowing the, and that protag- he, and protagonist knows now that that's him. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to jump back in. Cause I still have to do, I have to complete my loop essentially uh, with the blue team. Cause I always did this. Like I yeah. always did this and he's going down to help them out. Cause he unlocks the door to let him in and ends up taking the bullet for him. He doesn't know that, but John David Washington he's
1: understands that, that in understand- that moment. Yes.
2: Yeah. And sees that like the little red dangly thing, is not only him, but also the guy that saved him at the very beginning. Yeah, because he had the little red dangly thing and all that stuff. Yeah, it kind of inverts.
0: Came Invert. back. I'm doing a thing with my hands. Um, what's what's everybody's uh, favorite action sequence in the movie? What, what was what was everyone? What was a moment where, where you were just like, "Fuck, this is crazy." Because I feel like everyone, we all had that, right? I had that. Sure. Well, Byrne, did you want did you have something like it looked like you wanted to say something oh, about the, the,
2: the agency thing and the and when I was talking about like the character traits, it looked like you wanted to say something. I was like, wait, let me just get these last three sentences out as I am wont to do. You you didn't run it
1: to- <laughs> Uh well I just think it's interesting because yeah, I do think the Neil character is like the one who is the most mysterious. But again, I think it's because he knows that he can't tell the protagonist certain information at that time because he was like, well, you'll learn it when you'll learn it. So I can't really tell you anything. Mm -hmm. And so that character made sense for for me. And I do think the protagonist is very mission-based. And that's just what he's been trained to do is to complete a mission. And it is a shame that we see him just in the context of one mission. Sure because he's very mission oriented like this is his goal and it does suck cuz when you are a soldier or someone who is trying to fulfill this one thing that's kind of like all you get from that person mm-hmm. and so you do kind of see like a little bit of like romantic leanings towards cat but it like never really transcends into like a human range yes. yeah, which also Th- this is, is the issue is like
2: they don't like they can be vague and mysterious but i need something Give me a moment where he saves a cat. Give give me a moment where like, you know, he stops a thief from stealing the bag of an old lady on New York City. Give me something give me a reason to like this guy other than the fact that he was a little patient with getting like uh, an executive like taken out and didn't and didn't like, you know, didn't snitch on his buds. Like while well, he's getting his teeth pulled out, which very interesting test to yeah. to put people through. Like, oh, you're in gonna, a coma. We're gonna, gonna your kill your buddy together. and also rip your teeth out of your head. You dumb moron. <laughs> <laughs> dumb moron! Now come work for us. And he's cool. And he's just like, well, I'm glad I passed that. He's test. Very cool, it's cool with like, it. It. He's I'm I'm very mission based. And I he says <laughs> that he's, I am a very mission based individual. It's I will cool. sacrifice all myself, all with myself with for me. the greater good. <laughs> I'm pretty much the exact opposite. Of the character that Kenneth Branagh is going to play in this film, that is it. Hey, by the way, did you know that we go to a repo and that we were just at an opera and that the guy's last name that we're fighting is Sador and that you guys use Tenet, which is the middle name? Do you guys know that there's a rock? That what are the odds that all of this would happen? That there's a rock that has both the name of our organization and the last name of the guy who is our biggest villain? What What are the odds of that?
0: What are the odds? Where are never, you going? Never tell me, never Come tell back me here. Dance. Come back here. Yeah, I also think it's... Oh, I'm sorry, it, Lauren, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just going to say the last person that you were talking about was Kat. But I do hmm. think that she puts it out there pretty early on that she was like, my husband is constantly dangling this above my head that he will call the cops. He will make me out yes. to be a bad mother. Anything I do that is that is not pleasing to him he'll make it so I can never see my son again. So I think that's the imminent danger that she's constantly fighting. that's that's
2: the thing that I have an issue with. One, that is convoluted as all fucking hell. That is like, (laughs) she, she, he, he bought a fake piece of art that she said was real that cost him nine and a half million dollars. So he keeps it because, because he can turn that in to the police and have her arrested for for fraud. fraud forgery first off that is a very long walk now we're going to now it we're going to introduce he will do this if she does anything to that not to his liking but he will also make it so that she can like the the consequence of that is that she will never be able to see max again cuz she's going to go to prison for fraud that is That is like the reality of it. However, on multiple occasions in the movie that we see, she does things that are very much not to his liking, i.e. probably screwing this guy that doesn't even have a name, who outwardly comes and mocks him right to his face that he's going to do it. And he never takes Max away. He never actually turns the thing in. So we're led to believe that perhaps maybe his bark is a little bit worse than his bite. But then he gets to the point, the breaking point where he's just like, all right, screw this. I don't need her to like me now. I'm going to kill myself back when we were having a good moment. And we find out that that moment actually always happened like that and was only, and was, was completely broken down because of the events of their future selves where, you know, Kat knows that she's dealing with future, um, Andre, who believes that he's dealing with past Kat. but, Past Andre is already on the island and past Cat is coming back and past Cat sees a woman jump off and then goes on board to find that, oh, something might've been going on. And so this perfect day to them has been ruined by their future selves fucking it up. I like the loop of stuff like that. That is very interesting. It doesn't need to be overexplained to me. I like stumbling upon that myself. I don't like, however, that the entire thing hinges on... Kat's ability to have to put up with this abuse and this person for just one more minute that she can't even take in order to save the world and she breaks and kills him and the movie attempts to reward her for it. I think that that is a very irresponsible lesson. I don't think that it, it, and I'm the first one to go like, you know, the ending of The Invisible Man, very cool uh a little a little weird uh that it goes to that point but sure and very similarly in this movie uh taking revenge on your torturer and your abuser is a thing to do i am into that but the movie just spent like a very long time being like listen the entire reason that this next scene is going to be exciting is because we know that you want to kill this guy Because he's done terrible things to you. We've seen him do terrible things. We are rooting for you to get him. But you cannot. You must hold back. And that's the tension of the scene. And finally it blows up and she does it anyway. And it has zero effect on the rest of the movie. It's supposed to be this big world earth shattering change. If she kills him before they're ready. And she does it anyway. And there's literally a line where they go. Ah we figured it out. And she's like yeah I figured you'd figure it out. And then they just go to the next scene and it keeps going. And it's moments like that where I'm like, that's the screenplay. That is the script. Even like outside of a character development level, there's moments in there that are just kind of built up to and then just kind of like dealt with and like, all right, now let's go to the big scene at the end, which is going to be 20 minutes of absolute mayhem and buildings blowing up and rebuilding themselves. That's what everybody's here for. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm also here for the story.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of like dampened... Blows in this movie, and I think it's live because the stakes are either like so cartoonishly big they're easy to understand, or they're like very convoluted. So when like the punctuation mark happens, you're like, "I'm supposed to care." Yeah. I don't know if I do.
2: That's a good way to put it. That actually kind of makes me like it a little bit more. Oh, there you go. Yeah, weird. Oddly, oddly enough, I don't think that was your intention, but. Yeah, that there's there's some things that are oversimplified that seem like a given, and then there's things that are very convoluted, uh, or even in a nicer way, complex. You know, when we say complexities in this movie, there is like a stage of com- of being convoluted when you're first watching it, and that's what was kind of turning me off while I was watching it. And I w- I was mistaking complexity for convolution.
0: I think there's a um, little bit of both in this movie. I think that's Yeah, and I sick. think that there's
2: a little bit of both. Yeah. And so when you see something that feels convoluted, all of a sudden when you're presented with something complex, you're like, well, that is convoluted as well. And vice versa. You can mistake something convoluted for something being complex. And I think that all just comes with your mood and watching the movie and your understanding of what's going on, which is... I think this movie is like... The, if ever there was a movie to watch twice... Here it is. I know everybody said that about Inception and they say it about a lot of like thinky big brain blockbuster movies. But this very much is, it's very similar to Time Crimes, which is this great time travel movie. And also Primer, great time travel movie, that these movies get, they're great the first time you watch them, but they're insanely complex. And the more times you watch them, the more things you pick up on. And Tenet as a time travel movie joins the ranks of those, I think. And that's a very good group of movies to be in. Yeah, for sure.
1: Robbie, you were asking about favorite like scenes, like action scenes where or, like
0: Yeah, or if you have a favorite other scene. I guess I guess I am just curious, you know. I I have a heart out in uh one minute. So, I... <laughs> oh shit.
2: Yeah, you're right. You got you got to get over the slinging coffee. I got a
0: sling coffee. No, I got I got some okay. I got some time. But uh yeah, I am curious what everyone's like cuz the you know, we spend a lot of time talking about like the character developments of characters, which I think like those are the hit or miss moments for the three of us, um, but I think we unanimously like the set pieces of the movie and and on the technical level what the movie is doing. So I am curious what everyone's uh, favorite moments in that. regard.
1: I, I did really like that opening opera house scene. I thought that was a good introduction to like this is what you're getting into for the next two and a half hours. That's a yeah, classic. Very Holy cool. Shit right there.
2: That big that big gunshot at the very with the the. With the opera, uh-huh. I was doing the sound, uh, getting the sound ready for the theater. It scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I was like, okay, they're about to play music, so I will, I will, I will level. Uh, I will level like you know, audio box two, which is the music, and then it's just like bang, and I'm like, oh, oh I guess i audio box three, which is sound effects, needs to go down. So a yeah, that bit. scene was very
1: cool. And then I was also like, I gave myself a little pat on the back when we were watching the initial start to the car chase scene. Where they were like, we need four different types of vehicles. I have to. We have to drive a car that looks like it's not fast, but it is fast. And as they were driving that car, I'm like, their side view mirrors busted. I bet that's going to come into play later. But I really loved the setup of that car chase. Sure. Like I thought it was amazing.
0: It's very. It's so crazy, Burge, uh, what, what do you got? Do you have a, a moment that really blew you away, or a few moments? Uh...
2: My favorite action scene is probably when Robert Pattinson discusses the protagonist's <laughs> favorite type of drink. Um, Brilliant. <laughs> uh, an absolute... Uh, it, it's the truck flip scene from The Dark Knight all over again. Uh, way to recycle your shit, Nolan. Um, I would say probably I agree with Byrne that the opening opera scene is just like, it's very cool. It's cool. A lot of this movie is complex but some of it's not cool. The car chase is cool. The fighting backwards is cool. How they do all this shit we haven't even really talked about is fucking cool. Yes. But the opera scene being completely based in reality is something that I would have loved to have seen just in a movie from like the '90s too, where it's just like, hey, these guys are taking over this opera, and so the 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 local government working with Americans, they're gonna pump like sleepy gas into the into the, and they got masks, and they're like. They're Bane. It's like, it's like the, kind of the opening of The Dark Knight Rises. It's or like the, the opening Dark of The Dark Knight, yeah. It is, yeah. and I, I think that it's – I think that that is like a strength of Nolan's. He's very good at being able to like – he is that maestro just like, okay, and and here we go, and it just goes. Uh, it's very neat. It's very cool. Um, I would say probably that's my favorite action scene obviously right next to the the car chase is just amazing yeah uh and even more so just like the the actual like fight in the airport and the hallway and stuff like that with uh the inverted and the moving forward is very cool cuz it's just very i have no fucking idea how they shot it uh it's i was watching some very quick clips where John David Washington and stump stump people were were learning how to fight backwards, do things, and appear to be moving backwards, and they would do those in different tandems and they would just be cutting different versions of them where character A is moving forward, character B is moving backwards, so sometimes they would have b moving forward and or b pretending to move backwards, and then they would actually reverse them and by cutting them together like you know. A A B B B B A B A B B B A A B B. It creates this method of like, I have no idea how they're doing this. And it happens with me sometimes in editing. Uh, With the West Wing, it keeps happening with microphones, where I'm like, where the fuck is the microphone in this scene? Because they're not wearing one, and I'm seeing 10 feet above their head. This has to be dubbed, but it's not, because it's picking up things that they're doing. I freak out about stuff like that. So... I'm very excited for the Blu-ray of this movie because I want to know how they did all this sweet stuff because that is the shit that gets me, pardon me, very hard. That is the stuff that just jettisons my ass onto just whatever the fuck I'm sitting on when I like movies. Amen. That's where I am. So I'm excited about learning all of that stuff. Hot takes and is all about- on apologies the, on, the, on the over-sexualized pun. I know, Robbie, that's more your territory
0: hot takes is all about finding out what gets you hard despite your gender orientation <laughs> that, you or want to put
2: that on the on the ad that yeah. we're putting up on it the- hot takes what gets you hard
0: <laughs> uh i think the the moments that really blew me away in the movie were um the, the hallway scene was one of the was one of like my first just like oh this is like really cool and that's kind of what like you know the movie started then for me <laughs> i was like oh i'm kind of because it was one of the moments where i was just like okay they're really like other than like showing like oh the bullet adverts so you have to like have intention to do certain things like which is all cool uh but like kind of was like in a very exposition framing uh this is one where it's like all right we we spent you know what feels like seven hours explaining how the movie works this is the first practical application of it and i was like this shit's fucking sick i also like the yeah. intro as well don't get me wrong um, and it's that that level too, real quick. That that's the agency theme that I'm
2: talking about. I'm yeah. really interested to watch it again with that lens on because the very nature of using these extraordinary powers is agency. You have to, you have, have to, to intent, intend to do it. Like he tries to pick it up, and he's like, she's like, no, you have to have dropped it. Yeah, like you have to, you have to do that. And it's just, it's c- taking control. Of your own destiny, of your own agency. Or, which is like, audience. I get why Kat does what she does to Andre before him. I just don't like that there's no consequences. Uh even just like a quick line. There's literally a line that says, nah big deal. It's like it's it's almost quite literally. Nah. I well, I, I figured you'd you'd work it out. And it's like, ah, we're dealing with the end of the
0: world here, guys. Like, let's easy. I am excited to a watch woman, it again, again though, and I hope that that's evident. Um, my other moment that I really liked was uh, his his first time stepping into Reverse Land, and uh, he's in forward, and like you know, like he like has to re- he like reverses a puddle up and things like that, and and you know that whole sequence leading into seeing the car chase from the other angle, and then the rest of the movie kind of like plays on the idea of just like seeing other scenes from the reverse perspective. That's all really cool, but that first like giant leap into reverse world. Despite, I giggled when they were just like, oh, you, you have to breathe backwards air. I was like, this is so goofy. It's It's so so cool. That's cool goofiness where I'm like, I've never like, seen anything like that before. Awesome. Yeah. And just seeing him move forwards in a backwards world. is just like, this is, this is like what I, you know, if I, if I paid to see it. This is what I, this is what I came to see this movie for. It's like this shit. And then uh, there's another scene. This one's a little bit more simple, but it's later in the movie when uh, the ship's going backwards and there's like that one like still shot on the water reversing around like one of like the bottom of the ship and I was just like yeah man that's (laughs) that's that shit that's what that's like what the promise of this movie is and uh but the thing is at the same time like I would say it's like I wish they didn't explain so much but then it's like I would be harping on it for a different issue if it didn't like I it is this is the movie we got I get I get why there's so much explaining but I do wish there was some trade-off for for development yeah you know, but I don't know. I, I do think I think one day I will rewatch this movie. Uh, this movie really just kind of made me want to watch Inception again, though. I'm not really sure. I was like, that's that's one for the dumbs. <laughs> I can watch that one. Oh, I can figure out. Oh. Jesus. <laughs> I can you're figure out. I, 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 I this, this one too, works. To
1: not mention that red and blue scene, the interrogation scene, which was very cool with the two conversations happening at the same time. Yeah. And like, you're not really aware that there were two that, conversations that cool. until they go through. Very cool.
0: Also if 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 Neil is her is her son he like doesn't give a shit <laughs> he's like he's like ah shot by an inverted bullet eh Well, i guess we got a reverser we'll figure it out it's just like is that your mom do you know well, that's he, your mom and
2: this is this is the interesting like, thing is that he would know that he would He know would that. already know that they're going to save her because John David Washington would have told them about it cuz he knows everything it's essentially so he has to play it like he does. That's
1: his whole
0: thing. Exactly.
2: That is he plays, it's, pretty, it's, it plays um, a little
0: too well, if you ask me.
2: <laughs> that, but that's why he's so good at what they do is because they are doing the the time pincer, and it's essentially it's like the biggest version of the time pincer idea you could have. It's the prestige all over again, where it's like, how is he doing this magic trick? Oh, it's by doing something that's almost unthinkable. Yeah, and it's like I have trained you. I recruited you and trained you in everything all to get to this moment where it's going to be you recruiting me and it's going to end in your death and it's going to end in your father's death and it's going to end in, you know, the brutal psychological harm and danger of your mother and you're not going to be allowed to do anything about it. And he does it willingly because he has faith and understands that this is the way, what happened, happened. What he says at the very end, what happened, happened. It's already happened. We can't we can't change it. So it's it's this very understanding. Again, it's all agency and understanding that we have certain controls over certain things. But some things, the idea of agency is actually an illusion. Because if this time travel is real, then everything is predetermined. But we chose at some point. At some point, we decided even if those decisions aren't ours to make now. And that's the most interesting thing that this movie's got going on for it. I just want to try and figure out how all of the, all of the little pieces connect together to form that kind of theme that I've got rattling around in my brain. So he knows that his mom is going to make it because he knows that his mom raised him. Like He knows that this happens afterwards. He also knows that they're going to go all the way back You know, to like the 90s, like when this boat thing happened, because he knows that they have to go to this like battlefield over in Russia or wherever the fuck they were. Like he knows all of this stuff and he just needs to pretend and go along with it as uh, ignorance is our ammunition. You pretend to be ignorant and you keep people ignorant. And that is how you win the war. Like that's what they keep doing. And that is ignorance is our ammunition is essentially a real backhanded way of talking about faith and saying that faith is a way that you can win and that faith is a defining characteristic of life. It is just, just keep people in the dark about the certain things that they need to be kept in the dark about and everything will be okay.
1: You just spent like six minutes talking about this Neil Maximilian theory. (laughs) Sure. Treating it as if it's canon. No,
2: I like the idea that Neil is Max. Max. I don't like the idea that he calls himself Neil because of some weird fucking NPR Sunday puzzle thing that he's doing. Not to not to mock that. That's a lot of fun. I've been looking at the previous ones, Burn, and those are fun to do.
0: Sure. Uh, <laughs> I need to go. You need to go. Does anyone have anything else right. you want to, any clo- closing thoughts on Tenet? Tenet is the same spell backwards.
2: Burn it.
1: I don't think Neil has to be Max, but if you like that theory, run with it, I guess. It's a
2: possibility. I like the idea of it, where it's like, yeah. I like that he doesn't actually say it is, first off. If he did say it, I'd be like, that's pretty fucking stupid. But if he, it, I, the, the insinuation that this could be, I'm like, cool. Fun. Yeah. All white people have to be related in movies. Yeah, we
0: learned this from Star Wars. Yeah. We learned this. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining me on this time travel-y ride through Nolan Uh Hot Takes is not the only podcast on StoryScreen. StoryScreenBeacon.com is a host of many podcasts, articles, and reviews. And we also have our own members-only service where we have even more content. And you can buy that for just $5 a month. So if you like what you listen to here, you can get more of that there. Go on YouTube.com to also find our videos and also find us on social media where we're kind of fucking everywhere. Uh, go to the movie theater. See the movies if you're comfortable. And if you're comfortable buying a mug, we appreciate that too. And we got oh, tote yeah. bags. And we got keychains. And we got stickers. Um, we really appreciate Only you. Only if you're
2: comfortable Only buying if them. you're comfortable. We're no not trying to impress you, you. No
0: one makes you do that, but you have to go to the movies and you have to see Tenet. Um. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening listening to to me. Thanks so much for listening to me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Thank you too for joining me on this journey. But of course, you're welcome. And until next time, peace.
2: Yes, yes. Bye. Yes,
0: yes. Bye.